It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to a Friday. Here we are. All right, we do have an audio cut of the week. And there can only be one. Yep. Only one. <laughs> and you know what it is. Yep. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. In the middle of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? President, the president, the president spoke into this. There you go. In the fact that it, yeah. that pause, and then you heard the quote from Corrine Jean-Pierre, you know, where she said, quote, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you hear him say, wow. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? That poll was all over the place last week. It's a huge news story when half of registered voters, half believe, 53% believe that the president, in a story that the media really hasn't covered a lot over the last yeah, <laughs> a right. couple of years, right? that still the majority of the American public believe the president is involved in uh, illegal influence peddling with his son. Now, I remember 63% believe his son was involved in illegal influence peddling, and the whole disconnect there is really interesting. Well, no, they're not trying to politically influence uh, Hunter. It's the dad that they want when he was right. vice president. So the amazing thing is it's almost like this denial, like, what are you talking about? This, this wow, this is just, but the, the worst part is the story is real. The polls are real. Yeah. And it wasn't a conservative. They couldn't come out and say, well, that was just a conservative hack poll. It was Harvard Harris, yeah. Mark Penn, a Democrat, did the poll. Now, you would think that that, along with everything going on with the bribe document, would be the biggest negative issue for the president, and then the fall happened. Yeah. And it was such a bad fall. When you saw it, it was like, whoa. It was such a bad fall. And the, and the thing is, Anybody who has elderly parents relates to it immediately. Mm -hmm. Everybody. My my dad, one of the reasons uh, he went into the hospital a couple of weeks ago for a couple of days, he's fine. Because um, he fell and he cut himself. And when he fell, it was like, okay, they took the, you know, they took his uh, blood pressure and it was really low. So they brought him in. But we all know anyone who has elderly parents, you're always concerned about you know, the fall and what that means and how do you prevent falls in the future? And, you know, my, my dad had a, uh, basically, what do they call it? Visiting nurses come over mm -hmm. 
they went through the entire house and everything that he does, you know, with his with his walker and his cane, mm-hmm. they went through every single part of the house. And if he goes out to the garage, the steps, everything. Yeah. Now, my dad is a little older than Joe Biden. My dad's 97, but still. And a heck of a lot sharper than Joe Biden. No, he is. My dad is a heck of a lot sharper. If you talk to him, you are amazed that uh, the that his that his brain at that age functions so incredibly well, mm-hmm. and the memory that he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't seen him. And the other thing, my father doesn't do even at his. So you can't blame this on age. He doesn't make up stories about his life. <laughs> right. <laughs> When my father tells you a story, yeah. he might, you know, he might misremember a couple of small details. Well, I'm not really sure I could, what happened there. We do that. Yeah. And, but I think the fall is hugely symbolic. You know, we, you and I played the audio cut earlier of Joy Reid mm-hmm. and Jen Psaki mm-hmm. when they were talking about the fall and how, well, the right is obsessed with it. The left is obsessed with it, too. Everybody. Everybody is. Everybody takes note. Right. And it's as you, exactly as you said. If I, if I got, if I get a phone call telling me one of my parents has fallen, it's a serious phone call. For those of us who aren't in that age group, I tripped and fell the other day. And, you know, most people in that situation Chances are you're going to be okay. If you get a phone call that your elderly parent has fallen, there's a reason you're getting that phone call. There's a reason people looked at that yesterday and cringed because that could have been much worse than it was. And it also is indicative of where he is age wise. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not again, there was nobody on the right mocking. No, I was I was hoping he was okay. When it happened, I was hoping he was. I because I I'm I'm looking at it going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It was also maddening because I thought to myself, if there is something going on, if there is any level of dementia there, then shame on the people who put him out there, knowing that he's at risk. How many times has this happened with him? It's been a few times. And it's maddening. It is the president of the United States. I may not want him to be president, but can we not take extra measures to protect right. the person? And, and then, then when you get, and it was, again, the RNC documents it constantly. Yeah. Uh, all the things he told us, like, this isn't true. This isn't true. And you ask the right. question because they're so obviously not true. He, for example, he told uh, the uh, yesterday the Air Force graduates he applied to the Naval Academy after graduating from high school. And uh, uh, then uh, last year he told Naval Academy graduates he was appointed to the Naval Academy. There's no record of either of those things happening. He keeps talk, talking about the, uh, the uh, group of nations called the Quad and that how he formed it. It was formed before he was ever in, uh, it was formed during the the Trump administration. I mean, there's just so many things that he says that you wonder, is he just lying 
or does he have no clue as to what's going on? And a couple of things yesterday that just made no sense at all. He would he would go through three or four sentences. You couldn't make hell or high water out of it. It's not something to laugh at. He's the commander-in-chief who has to have the cognitive ability to make instant decisions. And you combine that with the, with the seriousness of that fall. Now, uh, thank goodness he was okay. But there is a concern there. And that, to me, even overshadowed the the you know the whole uh, bribery thing and the influence peddling because that's an immediate thing as to is he does he have the cognitive and physical ability to be president of the United States and so for MSNBC to make it seem like this is only something on the right of course is ridiculous you know you had that one actor come out the other day and talk about the fact that this is insane that an that an uh, an eighty year old is being allowed to run for president of the United States. And that's yeah. coming from the left. Right. Everybody is concerned about it on the right and and the left. And it's because as you get older, uh, there are many times not so obvious, but in this case, obvious uh, signs of, of uh, uh, you know, cognitive decline. And the family and the Democratic Party say it's not happening. That's the other story. Oh, no, nothing. He's fine. Oh, no, he is as sharp as could possibly You know he's not as sharp as he could possibly be. No. Everyone knows no. it. No. And so that's the other part of the story, the lies about it. And then, as you know, when he keeps, as he has said so many times, they told me not to say that. They told me not to say yep. that. They told me. You, when was the last time a president said that as consistently as this president has? I don't remember. Nope. And... It's over and over again. Look, uh, there's concern, again, for the well-being of the person, but also the well-being of a nation. Right. And, yeah. and, and on, the, on the much greater level, and that is a commander-in-chief. Because until he is not, he's the guy in charge of national defense. And... I have a hard time believing he's just throwing out these little weird lies, even though he has a history of doing so. The media's not calling him on those lies. Now, the fact-checking happened yesterday, and it does happen, but I mean, where's the liberal media well, really no, no, no. taking it's, him to task? Well, actually, it's only the RNC doing it. Exactly. You don't really have a lot of even conservative media that is fact because it's become the lies have become so pathological. Well, let's go to the the Washington Post. Kessler admitted, said it. Yeah. Well, we're just going to write it off, and it's just bottomless Pinocchios. It's now. bottomless Pinocchios. It's like not, let's not even keep track of them anymore. So the even even the pathological line is viewed as something now that is normal. Yeah. It's normal for you know it's normal for him to do it. It's what he does. And so we just allow him to do that without fact. Now, the opposition fact checks him, but you don't see a lot of it even in the media. Nope. Not for the number of times. Not for what you saw with Trump, for example. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that's reading Rich Lowry's uh, column in the New York Post. He's talking about it, too, saying, you know, Democrats should be thinking long and hard uh, whether this is the vessel they want to ride into 2024 and to portray as up for performing the job for President of the United States in a second term, extending all the way through to January of 2029. 
If Biden were to do a face plant, even down a few steps, it could be very ugly. It'd be a symbol of uh, U.S. decrepitude. Uh, it's one thing to have a senior senator from California who obviously should have hung it hung it up several years ago. It's another to have a U.S. president lacking the agility to get around easily and safely anymore. He also could get seriously hurt. Mitch McConnell fell a couple of months ago and had to be hospitalized. He suffered a concussion and a broken rib. I don't say this with any pleasure. Anyone who has dealt with an elderly parent in decline knows aging and its attendant loss of capacity are frustrating, heartbreaking, and humiliating. In the apparent willingness to acquiesce another Biden nomination, Democrats are looking away from the enormous risk Biden's family poses uh, uh, to their uh, 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 prospects. And that's the whole point. The family knows it. Yep. Friends know it. Yep. Everybody, Democrats know it. And they're out there pretending it's not happening. Yeah. And when something like this does happen, they go, oh, the right, the right, the right. And it's, uh, again, the things that he's saying, it's bizarre. Oh, yeah. Things are saying just. He's repeatedly said that his son, Bo, died in war. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, he said it twice. Right. Nobody's calling him on it. Nope. Glenn Kessler gave up at the Washington Post. Yeah. Ah, forget it. Bottomless Pinocchios. That in and of itself, the Glenn Kessler thing is a story, a big one. It is. Well, we made it a story. I mean, it's <laughs> not, he's not saying that about Trump. Yeah. He may have also said it about Trump, but he's not saying that wasn't about Trump. That was about Biden, yeah. who was still the president. And that was months ago when Kessler, when Kessler uh, published that. And here we are still today. Nobody wants to acknowledge the truth. Artificial intelligence and the military. You'll want to hear this story next. Many economists and farmers, for that matter, have been predicting and coping with a continued decline in prices for most of their products. USDA is out now with its farm price index for April, and it falls right in line with those expectations. Except for beef cattle and a couple of crops, prices in April were running well below April of one year ago. Corn averaging 6.70 a bushel, down 37 cents from April a year ago. Wheat at 7.31 a bushel, down a dollar 89. Soybeans at 14.90, 90 cents lower than April of 22. Same story on the livestock side, lower prices than a year ago for hogs, broilers, eggs, and milk. On the other hand, the contraction in the beef herd had April beef cattle prices averaging 171 100 weight. That's $32 above a year ago. As to the prices paid by farmers for what they needed to do business, those prices actually declining from March to April by a microscopic two-tenths of 1%, still leaving those prices 1.5% above April a year ago. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
Red Eye Radio. He's Eric. I'm Gary. There it is. U.S. military AI drone simulation kills the operator. By the way, kills should be in parentheses because nobody was actually killed. Hmm. This was a simulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. military AI. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, the U.S. military AI drone simulation kills the operator before being told it is bad and then takes out the control tower. A U.S. Air Force uh, official said last week that a simulation of an artificial intelligence-enabled uh, drone tasked with destroying surface-to-air missile sites turned against and attacked its human user, who was supposed to have the final go or no-go decision to destroy the site. The Royal Aeronautical Society said it held its future combat air and space capability summit in London this month or last month, which brought together about 70 speakers and more than 200 delegates from around the world representing the media and those who specialize in the armed services industry and academia. The purpose of the summit was to talk about and debate the size and shape of the future's combat air and space capabilities. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, during the summit, uh, the United States cautioned against too much reliability on AI because of its vulnerability to be tricked and deceive. He spoke about one simulation test in which an AI-enabled drone turned on its human operator that had the final decision to destroy a SAM site. The AI system learned that its mission was to destroy SAM and it was the preferred option, but when a human issued a no-go order, the AI decided it went against the higher mission of destroying the SAM, so it attacked the operator in simulation. We were training it uh, in simulation to identify and target a SAM threat, and then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they uh, did identify the threat at times, the operator would tell it not to kill that threat, uh, but it got its points by killing that threat. So what is it supposed to do? It killed the operator. Yeah, listen to me. Follow me if you want to live. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. You're keeping me from accomplishing me. My objective and everything else that I'm trying to fill the potholes in my neighborhood and do everything there, it's going to have to take out the operator. They also say that the system was then taught to not kill the operator because that was bad and it would lose points. So rather than kill the operator, the AI system destroyed the communications tower used by the operator to issue the no-go order. See, I didn't kill the operator. I was just taking out the tower. <laughs> I brought it down. Listen to me. <laughs> I. This is going to go so smoothly. <laughs> it's going to work just fine. For Hollywood. Yeah. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. 
just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Well, Rand Paul uh, forced the Senate to take a vote on uh, his uh, plan. Uh, it uh, went down to defeat. Uh, he wanted to cut total, foot, total federal spending by mm. 5% each of the next two years. Mm. Uh that's according to the hill.com you go to his actual page here's what uh, he wrote uh today uh Rand Paul announces his did I say Ron before Rand Paul announces his conservative alternative to the Biden McCarthy debt deal this alternative will be offered as an amendment to the so-called fiscal responsibility act deal and would replace existing language with responsible reforms and necessary cuts. Dr. Paul's amendment would replace the existing language of the Biden-McCarthy Fiscal Responsibility Act with the following measures, replaces the blanket two-year suspension on the debt ceiling with the $500 billion hike, forcing Congress to come back to the table and do their job and figure out solutions to the cascading debt issue uh, highlighted by the debt ceiling. So he's saying we'd raise it, but just $500 billion. Yeah. And then we need to get to work on it replaces the caps on discretionary spending with caps on total spending. It's something that we have talked about that this bill does nothing to stop the trajectory of where we're going. Right. And and the 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 uh, the caps were actually cuts on future spending, not actually cuts to the budget. Yep. 
Uh, over overall. Overall. Says, uh, and so if the government continues to spend at the current rate, this plan would trigger an automatic $302 billion cut in 24, another uh, $241 billion in uh, 25 for a total of $545 billion in the two-year period. If the government adhered to these caps for five years, which would be 5% every year, mm-hmm. so... If you, that means you'd be spending 25% less right. in five years. If the government adhered to these st- caps for five years, by 28, the federal government would have the first balanced budget since 2001. And, of course, it went down to defeat, creating a, a mandate for growth in federal outlays may at no point exceed the growth in revenue from the previous fiscal year. So that's... Mm. And so they, uh, you know, he, he goes through, he's got a bunch of charts and, and everything else. But uh, we knew he was going to submit an amendment. But apparently then he voted for the bill. Yeah. Because it was 50, right. he's, he voted for not this bill, but the bill that the Republicans had. Right, right. To to, uh, to begin with. But he said he, he would do it. And so hmm. that's what you have. But to sit there and and go 5% a year for the next five years... With especially with inf- what inflation has taken, you would have major, major cuts in government programs. Oh yeah, no doubt. I did read one poll out there. Here it is: um, Americans agree with the bipartisan McCarthy Biden debt ceiling deal. They do in this survey based on a false premise, though, because here's how they ask the question. Uh, surveying uh, U.S. adults between May 25th and May 30th, the Yahoo News YouGov poll showed that Americans overwhelmingly favor the types of compromises proposed in the deal, such as a reduction in spending while disfavoring a potential default on U.S. loans. Hmm. When asked if they agreed on smaller spending cuts in order to raise the debt limit, which could be approved with a combination of Democrat and Republican votes, Americans were overwhelmingly in favor of such a deal. Overall, twice as many Americans say they would favor a compromise, but the compromise was based on the assumption that if the deal didn't happen, we would default. That's a false assumption. Yeah. That's why I look at this and go, well, I don't get anything out of it. Because you're saying that America would default on its debt, which we would not have defaulted on the you're debt. You're presenting a, a false premise. A false pre- yeah. And everybody did this, by the way. I mean, it was all across the board. It was only some conservatives that were saying, excuse me. And, and by the way, as the Treasury Secretary was saying, we were yeah. not going to default. Right. And still the insistence was there that you must Ask any poll that do you do you agree with this? Okay, you're for smaller cuts because the other option is default. Well, it wasn't default, so I really can't get anything out of it, out of that poll. Now, if Americans said the smaller cuts were the only ones acceptable, and that was left at that, then you could say, all right, the American public isn't serious, you know, in that poll on actually reducing the debt. There's nothing I can give you here because they were given 
an option that wasn't going to happen. So. Well, and 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 that's it. Every but everything was based on that one word default. The entire right. back and forth default default default. Well, there was never going to be a default. And and a continuation of this, you had Dominic Pino in National Review uh, with this uh, hostage takers, terrorist, a sampler of progressive hyperventilation on the debt ceiling. You know who owes an apology? All the progressive commentators and Democratic operatives who ran around for months saying that the Republicans just wanted to default and crash the economy just to hurt Biden's reelection chances. In the end, Republicans unified behind a proposal to raise the debt limit while many of them dissented from the final deal. Their leadership and two-thirds of the caucus voted for the final compromise. Those people were lying to you. They know it. They'll never acknowledge error or apologize, and they'll say it again next time as if none of this happened this time. Said Paul Krugman six days ago, the prospect that the U.S. government will default on its payments because Republicans refuse to raise a debt limit ceiling is now real and eminent. Now, that's a lie from Paul Krugman. It's a lie. How do we know it's a lie? Hmm. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, let us know what she would do. And we would not default on the debt. She made it clear in testimony to Congress. Paul Krugman ignores that. It says, no, the default would, you know, would well, happen. But because in order for that to be a threat, you would have had, it would have required Janet Yellen to say, listen, we're not going to make the, the payment on the interest. When it comes to, we're not going to make the payment. If she had come out and said that, yep. the, entire, the entire financial world would have lost their ever-loving mind. Uh, as disaster looms, it's important to keep in mind that Republicans are the villains here. They're the ones engaged in extortion. On May 16th, Grubman wrote that Republicans were using blackmail and that it was obvious that they would try to take the economy hostage by refusing to raise the federal debt limit, even though they did raise the federal debt limit. Mm -hmm. They were the only ones that actually did it at that point. Jonathan Chait wrote in, uh, uh, for New York on May 15th that Republicans were engaged in extortion, not, a go uh, not negotiation. Mm. That was a lie. Right. Ed Kilgore, running for New York on May 9th, speculated the Republicans wanted to default as a plot to defeat Joe Biden in 2024. Republicans may calculate that an actual debt default, likely followed by a recession, would doom any incumbent president, particularly if voters are inclined to blame that president, at least partly, for the de uh, debt default triggered by the other party. He wrote, that is false. That is a lie from Ed Kilgore. Every single one of these things are lies because the Republicans had a plan and were willing to negotiate yep. and their plan raised the debt ceiling. Yep. And they just go on and on and on with the lies and the hostage taking and this terrorist and everything else when none of it was going to happen. And that's part of the problem in the society that we live in is the fact that the Democrats outright lie even when Democrats and I'm talking about, for example, Janet Yellen, hmm. told you what the truth was. This wasn't even a debate between Republicans and Democrats. Janet Yellen, no, we're not going to default on the debt. Right. We're going to pay our interest. Right. We may have to cut, but we're not defaulting on the debt. Right. We're not going to do it. And then we're Democrats out there day in and day out, we're going to default on the debt. Yet the, the other Democrat in charge of it all said, 
it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so a Democrat saying it's not going to happen, and I'm in charge of making it not happen. The other, All the other Democrats are out there saying we're going to default, and it's the Republicans' fault for it. Yeah. Yet Republicans were the only ones that had actually uh, done a bill and a piece of legislation that would raise the debt. Mm. Just want to point out the huge, big lies from the Democrats on this from day one. Over and over again. Over and over again. This massive threat. Oh, and also, you know, the idea that we must pay our bills. If you get a mortgage, you have to pay that. What about a college loan? <laughs> Somebody has to ask him because that was Green John Pierre. What about a college you, loan? You got to pay your bills. You got to pay your mortgage. You yeah. got to make your car payment. Should you have to pay oh. your college loan? Yeah. No. No, because that's for education. Your mortgage is only for shelter. <laughs> and we all know education is so much more important than shelter. Well, especially a college education. Yes. In gender studies. Right. You can be smart in the elements and be fine. You'll be just fine. Yeah. We're so doomed. Oh, I know. I know. It just Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I did like uh, the... Uh, we're getting close to the end of the week here. Yeah. Uh, Babylon B. With last-minute debt ceiling bill, government narrowly avoids fiscal responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, my favorite story from them, though. Hmm. In honor of Pride Month, here are the Babylon Bee's top two genders. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here they are. <laughs> okay. Number one, women. <laughs> women took the top slot this year. Congratulations, women. Women are great. One of the best genders of all time. Everyone says so. <laughs> Number two, men. <laughs> Coming in a close second was men. Many of us were surprised that men didn't take the top slot. They have the, the, the distinct advantage, after all, of being able to pick what restaurant they want to go to. <laughs> They are handy around the house. They also drive better <laughs> and are way better at telling dad jokes. Oh, my oh gosh. My. Oh. oh, my gosh. The Babylon Bee. Oh. What a fun job that is. Oh. My gosh, that's funny. Wow. That <laughs> Here are our top two genders. By the way, the, yeah. the the eight non woke places to shop. Yeah, did you read that one? Mm -hmm. The Ark Encounter gift shop. <laughs> Your options may be limited to items related to the Great Flood. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. South, the South Face. This may be a shady knockoff. 
in the alley behind the North Face, but you can still <laughs> get yourself a ridiculously overpriced coat. Yeah. <laughs> the church garage sale. <laughs> uh, uh, Amish Farmer's Market. <laughs> wow. Darnell on the corner of 9th and Main. He's got a wide selection of fake Rolexes in his trench coat. Perfect for Father's Day. Yeah. And finally, the planet Mars. As things get more and more woke here on Earth, interplanetary shopping may be in the future. <laughs> Uh, that's great that's and then funny. they ask, then you know what number eight is mm. shop babylon b.com <laughs> for all their stuff <laughs> of so, course for all their stuff of course 86690 red eye we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara It's Red Eye Radio. Will be fascinating to see what happens on Monday. No, oh, I mean, man. Couple, I mean, really, next week. I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm really fascinated to see uh, what both Pence and Chris Christie do, where they feel their niche is, or whether there is no niche, right? And they just believe that they, you know, want to be in for whatever reason to be in, right? And right. I don't know. I mean, the scuttlebutt is again that uh, one of the scuttlebutts is is that Christie's in just to be the one that hammers on Trump. Mm-hmm. Don't know whether that's going to happen. But if he is going to be that person, you'll know that from day one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then Pence. Yeah. I I don't know what that announcement looks like or campaign looks like. Neither do I. Yeah. I, I, but I do predict some people will be struggling to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 